Race matters. 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 I would like to acknowledge uh, that we are based here on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. Uh, it's really important to acknowledge that every time as we are uh, in Redfern, based in Redfern on Gadigal land uh, on which FBI radio sits. And we would like to extend that acknowledgement to all Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people listening, to all elders, past, present and emerging. My name is Ryan Clapham. I'm Darren Lasagas. I got you there, Darren. Oh, How you are got you? Me now. Yeah, I'm pretty good now. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm doing really well. <laughs> uh, I'm Darren Lasagas, and coming up on the show on Race Matters, we're going to be joined by spoken word poet and performer Wani LaFrere. His show, uh, Tales of an Afronaut, is on this week for Griffin Theatre Company and as part of the Batch Festival 2019. And it's a love letter to black people. That's how he's described it. So we're going to hear why uh, in a bit. But to give a quick uh, little heads up, uh, a panel is happening on Friday called Sweatshop Women and Winnie Dunn, community arts uh, writer and sweatshop uh, manager, is going to join us next Monday for Race Matters. So that panel is happening as part of the Sydney Writers Festival. Have you seen the program for that, by the way? No, I it's haven't yet. It's pretty epic. Um, there's so much uh, really good stuff uh, that if you are inclined to listen to Race Matters, I reckon you'd be into also. There's one called Know Your Place, The Politics of Identity. Uh, there's one by an amazing Korean-American writer, Alexander Chi, called How to Write an Autobiographical Novel. And um, yeah, the program is amazing. Uh, definitely mm. go check it out. Fantastic. I can't wait to check that out. Yeah. That's awesome. There's so much happening next yeah. week. Yeah. Jam-packed. Yeah. There's also been a lot happening with you, Ryan, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, uh, this uh, Friday um, is a tentative date when I'll be going away to Europe uh, for five months. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty huge. It's pretty huge. So I'm going over there to perform um, a, a different you know, slew of shows, some festivals there in Brighton, uh, London, England, and the Netherlands, and hanging out in Paris, just working on some projects. Yeah, so... We're going to miss you, man. I'm going to miss you guys. It's going to be... <laughs> I know, it's, it hasn't settled in, even though mm. we booked the flights. It still hasn't settled yeah. in. Well, we've got the next half hour together, at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be great. You are listening to Race Matters with Ryan Clapham and Darren Lasagas. Uh, we are here with a very uh, special guest in the studio at FBI. We've got the one and only uh, Wani LeFrere. How are you, Wani? Hey, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> um, Wani is, uh, LeFrere is an award-winning spoken word poet, performer based in Nam, Melbourne. He's a proud descendant of the Bashi peoples of Wulungu, uh, as well as the current incarnation of the Afronaut. Please, uh, you know, feel free to interrupt if I uh, uh, messed up any inter um, pronunciations. Nah, nah, go ahead, man. Just embarrass we listen to like oh, bio, <laughs> no 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 nah, take it in bro uh but yes you've um you're actually uh working on a sh uh you've got a show that you're performing four shows for very soon it's called tales of an afronaut it's a performance mm. that you're premiering at the stables for griffin theater company from the first to the fourth of may that's right so exciting yeah it yeah. is it is yeah first time performing in sydney so i'm kind of curious to see 
how things go. <laughs> yeah, right. And so um, I guess, you know, the, the, the show Tales of an Afronaut are uh, stories that are kind of embedded in the black African diaspora, mm-hmm. you know, and um, these are stories that you're sharing through the, the, the play, stories that you've always known or, or things that you were digging, you know, through your family tree recently. What's, um, mm. Could you give us a bit of an insight into that? Um, I guess the whole show for me comes from a place of unlearning for myself. And I always feel like in order for me to be able to say anything, the first thing I have to do is locate myself and locate who I am, locate where I am, mm. and understand why that matters, you yep. know? Um, being being a displaced person on stolen lands, what does that mean? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Being yep. in a location where you didn't choose, but you mm. understand you have an imprint, <laughs> and mm. you understand your mm. footprint means something, what does that look like, you know? Um, being a body that is politicized globally, no matter where I go, you know, I can't mm. peel off what I look like. You know, and no matter where I go, I always have to think about what I look like, not because I want to, but because everybody else around me makes sure I do, you know, mm. and like mm. how I'm treated, you know, how the world defers for me or whatever. Yeah. And there are always questions I'm thinking of. So I was always wondering, how do you how do you make work through that? How do you just be an artist? Can you just be an artist? You know, yeah. and investigating whether the political can be separated. And I realize as a politicized body, everything you do is political. Yeah, when it's just chilling. hundred <laughs> percent. So, you know, you know. What, are, what are some of the stories that you explore in Tales of an Afronaut? Um, I guess a lot for me, um, the time I wrote the show, I was unpacking a lot of my own ideas of what it meant to be a man or what the hell that even meant. And especially when that's um, correlated with your racial makeup, <laughs> you know, mm. it's like a double layering, you know, there's already an understanding of what it means to be a black body. You're supposed to be, you know, this brute who's angry, who's, you know, there's all these connotations attached to your being and everything different is not, you know, according to who you're perceived to be. So what does it mean to unpack those things for myself? And, you know, and does like moving away from the stereotype end up being just like a, I've never wanted to do something because I'm doing it in contrast to whiteness, but how do you exist? completely removed and void from whiteness you know so it's like unpacking those stories for myself and thinking back to what are the points in my life that i started understanding masculinity conversation with my father my mother my brother my sister you know what does that mean and for me it's always really close because i believe if you can share parts of yourself hopefully people can see themselves in that like i can't tell nobody else's story i could tell mine Mm. yeah yeah, I love that you deal with uh, ideas of intergenerational masculinity. Mm. Um, when you talk with your parents, when you talk with your siblings, have you mm. found that your relationships with them have changed? They have, especially especially with my father. And it's been interesting because generally the feel I've always had when people talk about like you know um, my relationship with my father. From where I grew up, you either had no dad or you had an absent dad. That was just the reality <laughs> of the situation where we grew up. So me having a father was already a step up from all my friends. Mm. But then like explaining that, cause my fa- father had to travel a lot, you know, sometimes he go for like two years, explaining that you have like a present absent father was tricky. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then like what that meant being in a new country where like you had to almost play a double role, you know, you had a double consciousness about you, you know, inside the house is completely different to when you go outside the house. 
how you navigate the rules in yep. life and how you navigate the rules at home yeah. change and what happens when you're changing as like you're unpacking and trying to draw from somewhere i had no blueprints to look at and be like this is who i should be like is clearly you're not on tv <laughs> you're not in books you don't exist nowhere and mm. the only person you could look to is someone like your father who's yeah not yep. necessarily there and i think like over time sorry that relationship's changed yeah in a way that like i've had my father come to me and say you've changed how i understand things yeah wow. which is really different to how i've heard my friends talk about it you know what i mean yeah because it took a lot of breaking <laughs> and unbreaking mm. for both of us to be able to sit there and really be like all right you know there's a lot of unlearning and a lot of um decolonizing as well through exactly. your work and i i i I, so, I resonate so much with what you say when you're saying you know in order to move forward you got to look backwards mm. and you got to look back into your history you know mm. and like myself as a aboriginal um person that is so much you know the crux of what we're all doing is is exactly. coming back to our family coming back to traditions and history mm. with your show tales of an afronaut there must be so much that you're you know drawing from were there some stories that you know you weren't able to put into the show that you'd like to tell elsewhere yeah absolutely i feel like there's so many stories if anything this was just the beginning of like the unpacking of stories one um one of my aboriginal friends actually from back in um taught me a lot around language and um the importance of valuing language his name's neil morris hey dreaming now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah shout out and um he used to tell me we used to talk about like i used to be like yo neil man i don't even remember my language good and he was like bro you could talk to your moms you could understand her mm. i just have a bunch of words that have built my spirit you know what i mean and that built a resilience in me to want to be like yeah you know we have so much power to draw from even in language because one of the massacres or one of the genocides of colonialism was the genocide of language, you know, and yeah. like owning that back. And I really like what you said about like looking back at the past. My people say, you don't look back at the past. The only thing in front of you is your past. You know what I mean? The future is behind you because you can't see it. Mm. The only thing you can see is your past. And if you close your eyes to the past, then you ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? And drawing a lot from that because it was my grandmother yeah. that taught me those words and just my mom's resilience or my little brother's my youngest brother actually taught me intimacy you know how to hug how to hold how to just yeah. little things like that and all those lessons and how i put them out i guess in a show and like not just show parts of me that are pretty <laughs> but yep. except the parts that are very ugly because yep. i'm like i feel like that's the truth you know i ain't gonna pretend i'm this thing this is all of who i am you could accept it or not but it's my truth you know if you've just tuned in, you are listening to Race Matters on FBI Radio 94.5. You're with me, Darren Lasagas, Ryan Clapham, and Wani Lafrere. Uh, Wani, Tales of an Afronaut is a multidisciplinary poetic performance. Uh, can you explain to us how it is multidisciplinary? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess for me it was important to incorporate all the different elements that I felt like I grew up with. Um, I think expression is more than just, you know one thing <laughs> and i think like people hear differently like um i'm on a neurological spectrum so it's like the way i understood things in school was so different to everybody else and i always got made to feel bad for it or like felt like i was like you know i wasn't smart but then i realized no i just think differently yeah. and like sometimes listening for words isn't enough sometimes i need to see it <laughs> sometimes i need to touch it sometimes i need to feel it and for me the body plays such a huge role and like culturally we use our bodies a lot 
And I grew up around a lot of dance, particularly crumping and breaking and like, you know what I mean? And so like, for me, there was a piece that I wanted to say, but I just, the words weren't coming out. And I was like, but I know it could be shown through the body. So I gotta have a dancer, you know? Mm. And then there were images that are shown all the time of us that I'm like, well, they're always shown for us. What happens when I put it in a space where I'm the one choosing what I show you and not show you mm -hmm. and take away? And what does it look like when you're actually looking at me and these images that you'd see in your own couch? How does that reflect back? What happens when I don't speak? <laughs> you know what I mean? All these different components of spoken word that aren't spoken. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, uh, watching some of your videos on YouTube, there's definitely a physicality to your performance. Uh, the poem that you performed as part of the... Uh, uh, the Australian Poetry Slam last year, um, yeah. the way you use silence uh, and your body and just the way you gesticulate with your hands is incredible to see, let alone hear. Oh, thank you. Uh, what was your first introduction to uh, the medium of spoken word in that form? Uh, yeah, y'all gonna laugh. <laughs> My first intro to spoken word poetry was Tupac Shakur. Hey, man, <laughs> it actually had nothing nuts. to do with poetry. <laughs> but that is poetry, <laughs> right? though, right? And I was kind of like, I just always remember listening to him and like I'd put on all his albums and some of my favorite bits would be the interludes. <laughs> you know, when you'd have conversation like, um, Brenda's got a baby and he's talking about like, you know, what's going on or like that to me, I was like, yo, I love stories. Like that's just like, and I was like, you know, I'm not getting these kinds of stories from the church or from the school or from, I'm like, I'm getting taught <laughs> by rappers. <laughs> and I was like, I want to be able to tell stories because these are the only people everybody around me was listening to and so like you know i went from Pac to like john coltrane to nina simone to like just reading and being like and i used to have a stutter as a kid i was i was mute for a couple of years and it's almost like i don't know something happened when i turned like 19 where i was like soon as i'm able to speak i'm gonna say something worth saying mm. <laughs> and that became storytelling but i just write like little notes in my diary and a friend of mine, when I first moved to Melbourne about seven years ago from Aotearoa, said, I want to take you to this place. Um, it's called an open mic. I had no clue what that meant. And then we got there and they're like, I actually found your diary. <laughs> Why don't you read one of these things? And to me, I thought I was just reading a diary entry. And I remember like reading and looking up and there was a couple of people crying. And I was like, I thought like, I'd, I don't know, I'd cut somebody out. Or like, I thought I'd said something real bad. But yeah. then like, you know, they came up to me and they're like, yo, that was... That was dope. And my friend was like, yo, that's called spoken word. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I went online. I found Moss Def. I found like what he said. I was like, yo, this world is crazy. But yeah, and that's kind of how I got into it. It's amazing. I Like, man, I'm tripping out listening to you saying that. Because <laughs> stories are just uh, like that's there's 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 so much greater context and greater uh, connection of life within mm. the stories and you kind of like pinpoint your individual experience of something and it says volumes for the greater experiences of everyone else that's how connections mm. are made you know and i feel like i i love just same thing like i th feel like we all find that power in hip-hop and in spoken yeah. word and it's like that is kind of it, it's just it's so powerful it is. yeah amazing and, and i feel like it just has a way to penetrate that other mediums don't you know what i mean i feel yeah. like i don't gotta you could just come in the middle of it and mm. i feel like you don't have to know the beginning and the end mm. but it just hits your heart in a way yeah. that like other forms don't you know what i mean and i'm interested in like i want to make you feel not necessarily always intellectually understand because mm. i'm like 
you remember how you felt. You don't always remember what you think you know. You know what I mean? That could disappear. But like when you look back, you're like, yo, I remember being in the space and feeling like this. I remember the first time I watched, like I was the biggest Lauren Hill and Nas fan. And I remember like Illmatic to me, still one of the greatest, you know, Miss Education, still one of the greatest. And I remember when I first listened to Illmatic and I was just like, whoa, you know, I'm from like West Auckland, New Zealand. And I was feeling like I'm from like the hood <laughs> in New York, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, he just told my life. And I'm out here with a pie. I ain't never seen no gangsters. <laughs> but I don't know, it's just something about storytelling that was just trippy. That's so mad. That's incredible. Mm. Um, what is, uh, you, you know, you've described Tales of an Afronaut as a love letter to black people. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what's, um, what do you hope they take from that? I think... The audience. I think, like, the way I view justice is this. I think people that seek justice have a deep love for people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think, like, an aspect, not necessarily in terms of justice, but an aspect of me just desiring self-freedom, self-liberation, is self-love. But mm -hmm. I think there are two kinds of self. There's a self-you, and then there's a collective self. You know? Mm -hmm. I want to see my people prosper. Yeah. And by default, I feel like if my people prosper, all people of color prosper, you know what I mean? And then all people prosper, you know, just like the same way I think, you know, um, all these institutionalized things are damaging to the people on the highest, on the lowest parts of the hierarchy. I think everybody within the hierarchy feels it. But for me in particular, black folk, when I say a love letter, I mean like it's so rare for us to hear ourselves mm. and hearing yourself doesn't necessarily just look like hey life's great mm. sometimes it just looks like the truth you know what i mean yeah. and feeling like somebody else can speak to you like really speak to you that's what i think i mean by like a love letter to black people and by default hopefully wow. all people so yeah amazing this has been such an amazing chat it's been uh, amazing yeah. yeah we're so excited for you to premiere tales of an afronaut here in sydney for the first time it's happening from the first to the fourth of may uh griffin theater company are putting it on it's happening as part of batch festival 2019 we'll pop all the links online fbiradio.com and you can listen back to race matters on wherever you listen back on podcasts uh, Wani, thank you so much again for coming in. Thank you so in. much thank for coming so in. Thank you so much. I've been the best. I appreciate hey. it for real. It's been so mad to chat to you. Um, <laughs> this one right here is Dreaming Now, since we uh, hey. since we shouted out the brother. This one's called Ancestors, his latest uh, single. Peace, love, and unity to all my originals rise. 
Race matters. 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 Race matters.